check is flat. Give me up. Look at Look at This is the Seconds Flat Running Podcast. He's been broken three times. He refuses to give in. He might do it. Look at that guy. Look at Black Oh, my God. Hello, friends. This is mile 139 of the Seconds Flat Running Podcast. Travis here with the director of the physical therapy clinic at Furman University, Dr. Phil Gregory. Phil. Oh, that sounds so official, man. Yes. <laughs> you got a big boy job up there. You're not just on scholarship. I still have eligibility, though. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let Coach Gary know. Did, right. I, did I notice a subscriber premium symbol next to your name on Strava for the new year? Oh, here's here's my rant. We'll go ahead and get started with a rant. Oh, that's a hard start. Let's go. I've been on Strava for I don't know how long, and it's a terrible addiction, but it is what it is. And I finally decided, I guess at the end of December, that, you know, they had a special where you, uh, a special rate on whatever it was to cost for the year subscription. So I went, I was like, ah, what the heck? Like, let's, let's play around with it again. So I went and joined and then I ended up having my credit card stolen. Oh, so we are not, it got hacked. So anyways, uh, so we got a new credit card and when Strava went to send me the bill, you know, of course that one didn't work and I had to give them another one. But in the meantime, the discount no longer worked. Mm. And so I've had a taste of like three or four days of all the premium features and I was kind of getting, well, hooked on it's the best phrase. Yeah. Uh, and so now I'm sucked into paying full price for, for the subscription to Strava. So if anybody out there works for Strava, we need to talk about this uh, discount. Well done, Strava. Uh, <laughs> we, we need to get, a, this is a bit of a fast forward. We're going to go to the Houston half marathon field shortly, but we need to get a hold of Frank. I think he's still working at Strava, Frank Lara, and see if maybe he could give a you know, friend of the show discount. Well, Phil, it's good to see someone is bringing in enough disposable income from this podcast that you can afford the full payment subscription because I'm over here stuck with the basic plan and the manual uploads. Well, you don't even upload yours from your watch, so. That's right. With good reason. And uh, I'm papyrus. I, I, <laughs> I do that intentionally. I'm off on a little rant now. Phil, myself, look what you've started. Go right ahead, man. I do that intentionally because I don't want to be drawn in to motivations that are not the intent of my running. I don't want to know who's got the king of the mountain or the course record. And I don't want those distractions. I run for the goals that I have. I run for the joy that I get from running. And those two things are more than enough for me. It's just another form of social media that has sucked my attention more than it needs to. Yeah. We received a great listener question on when and how to use long runs versus medium long runs within the context of our recent discussion about durability in endurance events. So we'll unpack that in depth shortly, but let's begin with a quick training week recap. 
since we're both getting back into the swing of things and Phil has a 30 K championship to defend this weekend at frosty foot. Phil, you want to go first? Oh, that's right. Well, let me pull up my, uh, my fancy subscription Strava here. To, uh, yeah. You would think paying full price that uh, Strava would just do this segment for you. <laughs> this Strava is brought to you by a fully paid for Strava out of my own pocket. Um, no, so we're going Thursday to Wednesday, right? That's right. Thursday to Wednesday. We're recording on Wednesday evening. Yep. So last Thursday was really one of my favorite workouts, if you could even call it that. And that is the easy hour, Um, (laughs) which which is, it's nice to, you know, coming off the marathon, coming off of COVID in a couple of weeks where there wasn't much training going on, getting back to where number one, just regularly hitting an hour, but number two, where that feels relatively comfortable and not too stressful yeah. is for me like a really good place to be yeah i'm not saying that there's not a little bit of recovery cost at this point yes i still have a bit of fitness to get back before you know i feel like i was prior to the marathon but you know just just feeling comfortable with doing that is i'm excited about my favorite workout the easy hour friday was something that you prescribed as, as apparently it's the winter of hills Mm-hmm. The winner of sprints too. I felt like Usain Bolt on my uh, 10 by 10 second hill repeats. I'm sure you looked like him. I had a buddy walk by wondering what I was doing. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, so this was a, this was a fun workout and ended up being harder than expected in that I haven't tried to sprint that fast and I don't know when. And the first couple reps really took a bit of focus to feel fluid and relaxed. But towards the end, got really pretty fun and really felt much more smooth towards the end. So I think, you know, we talked last episode about really focusing on areas that are weaknesses and things that we don't necessarily do often or even necessarily like to do. And this definitely fits into that category. But once it was all said and done, it was a good, it was a good workout. Exactly why we did it, Phil, working on your limitations. Yeah, for sure. Coming into Saturday was just a relatively chill 90 minutes, which was fun. Uh, I feel like we're starting to build those long runs back. And I was happy that we ended up getting all 90 minutes without a step on the Swamp Rabbit Trail. <laughs> so it was a fun exploration of downtown Greenville. You mentioned the 30K this coming weekend, which this long run made me a little bit anxious about. And that towards the end, I was feeling a bit tired, feeling a bit fatigued and you know banged up a little bit. And so I'm anxious about how this weekend's going to go. It's going to be fun. It's going to be wet. But in terms of feeling confident about going out there and hammering and racing, this one kind of put a little bit of ding in there, but we'll go out and see what happens this Saturday and enjoy the day. Well, it's important, Phil, to keep that in context of this is a build back from an extended period off after your race and goal number one for this weekend. I know you're the returning champion, but goal number one we've discussed is just having a good experience and having fun at a really great, great race. Yeah. And really, as we were planning for this race this weekend, you know, we talked that I hate to use the phrase train through for something like this, but we're having a couple easy days to get ready for it. But training is going to continue building beyond this. So, you know, I'm not too concerned about performance and just going out to run as hard as I can and, and have fun. So after Saturday, Sunday was the easy hour yet again. Monday uh, ended up not doing anything. I was feeling a little bit tired and banged up from the weekend. The guys that I usually run with Monday morning were one's on the shelf for a little bit and one was out of town. So I decided to get a little bit extra rest and sleep in and took a somewhat voluntary easy day. 
or off day, I should say. And then yesterday was surprisingly challenging workout. It was five by five minutes at marathon pace, followed by five by one minute at 10K pace. You know, all that had one minute recoveries in between. And that, that work added up by the end. And the 10K paces, I had trouble hitting my goal paces on that. The effort was there, but the speed was not, which I wouldn't expect it to be. I haven't really touched those paces in a while. So it was a good, good workout placed four or five days away from the race. So nice to keep things sharp, keep things moving forward, but with plenty of recovery to, to come back off of that. And this morning was just an easy, an easy half hour. I ended up getting out a little bit later than I wanted to. So just cruised around downtown and just recovered. Training's building back to where I want it to be. We're not quite there yet, but moving in the right direction and, and consistent. So I'm, I'm happy with where we're at. Very good, Phil. I will quickly give you my last seven. And I've felt like each day of this seven, I've just continued to turn a corner toward fitness and being back where I want to be. Every day's felt a little better. The workout quality sessions have gotten a little better. Even just the little tightness, soreness, aches, and pains have worked their way out post-marathon. And, and the joy from these runs continues to increase as well. So last Thursday... Did eight miles easy in the morning and then followed that up with a real short double 25 minutes with four strides after work just to get prepped for a Friday quality session. Did a variation of the Ryan Gregson threshold uh, fartlek workout for Friday and pretty much everything right now is with the exception of some hills that are in the program, just focused on really quality aerobic work. So this was a good example. We did a 10 minutes, a 10 minute tempo, about marathon effort, one minute easy, then five by one, one. So the one on there was about a 10 K effort. The one off was a, a moderate float. Another easy minute after that, and then another 10-minute tempo. This went a little bit faster than the first one. Still didn't push it down to half marathon pace, but faster than marathon pace. So 30 quality minutes, and then a 30-minute shakeout in the afternoon. Saturday morning, did about eight and a half miles in 67 minutes. Uh, just some easy run country road stuff. With a big group on Sunday morning, 14 and a quarter miles. So the closest thing to a long run that I've done so far, it was in an hour, 38, 25, just naturally progressive, went from about 750 first mile to, I think we worked down to about 610 in the right. back half of it. So I had a good group that just got some quality aerobic work there, a nice up-tempo effort. And Monday morning came back for seven and a half in 57, 45. Best thing about that run was I felt really, really good. So I was able to come off a, a little bit of an up-tempo, longer, medium long to longer run and, and felt good on Monday morning was a great sign. Got back out for a double Monday afternoon, uh, 4.1 miles in 31.30. That had a few strides in it because Tuesday we had a session I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. It's a, a new twist on something that we've done before with the hills followed by a tempo. Ooh. The goal here being able to execute with a little bit of junk in your legs, if you want to describe it that way. So, but going through some clearance and handling what it's going to feel like in a race after you've done hard work. So 
somewhat a, a, a focus on that durability aspect that we've been right. uh, yeah. discussing lately. So this was 10 by 30 second hills. Those were at 5K pace, Ooh, okay. short jog, and then a 5K tempo at, I would call it marathon effort. Okay. Uh, so it was a little slower than like where marathon pace was, or uh, excuse me, I guess I would call it my 30 K pace from my DNF 30, <laughs> 30 K that I ran uh-huh. in, de- in December, but it was a 5 K tempo that would have been a, a little bit slower than the marathon goal pace at that time, but felt appropriate for the effort now. So knowing where you are from a mileage perspective and volume perspective, I should say, scale that down for somebody that's running maybe 30 to 50 miles a week like what would that look like because i think about doing a workout like that myself i like the idea but 10 by 30 seconds hills at 5k pace that's going to leave me pretty tired um six to six to eight hills and a a two mile tempo okay that's my initial thought or that same number of hills and then maybe uh, four miles steady 30, 30 seconds per mile slower than marathon effort. Okay. At, at this phase in training, that would be my first instinct for a similar prescription scaled down. Yeah. I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, but I think this seven days, the last seven days, actually, if you were going to take last week, Monday to Sunday, it was right at 85 miles. And I think it was the easiest 85 miles I've ever put together. I, di- I just oh, didn't man. feel any stress really at any point, even yeah. with a couple of quality sessions in it. And so I can tell I'm hitting the intensities where I want them on these sessions so that even though three weeks ago, I felt kind of miserable starting back up with my running right now on the 11th of January, I think I'm ahead of where I was on the 11th of January last year. Right. Nice. My confidence has returned. We were even talking before the show about how we're kind of both in that mental state where we've come off the recovery of the marathon. We've gotten through the holidays and now it's like, all right, let's start looking towards something this spring to get excited about where you would have asked me something to get excited about. It would have been time off more than anything. That's a good natural cycle to move through because now we're both excited about something and we won't let any secrets slip out yet, but I have something on the schedule, maybe something big on the schedule, and I might take my co-host with me. We'll see. Redemption run. Uh, (laughs) To quickly wrap up my week, this morning, uh, 67 minutes, 30 seconds, that was at 8.75 8.75 miles. One thing I am going to do throughout the entirety of this cycle is if I'm doubling, which is very often, I enjoy two runs and I tend to do a longer one in the morning and a shorter, like 30 minutes in the afternoon in an effort to make sure I maintain some freshness and not overdo it on unnecessary mileage, a 70 minute cap, hard cap okay. for, for the morning run. It doesn't have to go that far. Some of these, you know, are 55, 60 minutes. Yeah. But I, I am not going to venture into the 75, 80 minute range that I have occasionally done in the morning. We're going to hard cap that because I believe staying fresh right now and excited is more important to me. Yeah. Went back out this afternoon for 31 minutes and then yoga after that. Ooh, so no wonder you feeling. look so relaxed today. Thank you. Okay, Phil. Almost as anticipated as Frosty Foot is the Houston Marathon and Half Marathon this Sunday. That's January 15. The race coverage 
begins at 7 a.m. Central. Local Houston ABC 13 has the network coverage, and there will be a streaming simulcast on ESPN.com and the Watch ESPN app, so you can follow along live. The half marathon field is, as always, ridiculously deep. It's going to be fast. Absolutely. American records have fallen here in the past, and we might get to see that again. So first in the women's field, the headliners are American record holder Emily Sisson and the previous American record holder Molly Huddle will both be on the line. They have 67 low PRs. Uh, one of the greatest runners in the world for this generation, Tiranish Dababa, returns. The Ethiopian has a sub-67 PR. A fellow Ethiopian, also with a sub-67 PR, the second-place finisher at last year's Berlin Marathon. He watched Gebra Kaiden will be there as well. Former Arkansas star Dom Scott is going for the South African record. She's run 67.32. Friends of the show, past guest, uh, sub-70 half marathoners, Lindsey Flanagan and Natasha Wodak are in Houston as well. And a couple of exciting debutantes that we'll see highlighted by Marielle Hall and the great Jenny Simpson moving up to the half marathon. Then in the men's elite race, we have three sub one hour half marathoners in the field. Probably the most famous in that group is the Ethiopian Shura Katada, who has run 59.47. Former Oregon star Kenyan great Ed Chesarek with a PR of 60.13 is there as well. And a very strong, very deep American field that is led by Connor Mance, who has run 60.55. Our friend and two-time guest Frank Lara back in his hometown. He is a 101 flat half marathoner. Rory Linkletter at 10108. He'll be taking a stab at the Canadian record. And then the American field, it just keeps going. Sydney get a booty, former Adam State star at 6109. Shadrach Kipcherchur, who has run 6116, is here. 10-man marathon star Reed Fisher, your good friend, former Furman star Wilkerson Given, mm-hmm. and an interesting debut from a 10-man steeplechase star Brian Barraza, also a Houstonian. So the, it'll be exciting to see his move up into this event. So, Phil, your bold prediction for 2023 of Kipchoge winning Boston was incredibly lame. Would you like to stick your neck out a little farther with a Houston pick? Ooh, let's go. Uh, I'm excited to see Jenny Simpson move up in distance. I mean, yeah, me too. The, the track and the mile for, uh, and to see how that carries over to, to longer distances. She's the one I'm excited to see on the men's side. Uh, let's go with Frank Lara. He's a local boy, Furman guy. We'll take a chance on him. You taking Frank for the win. Yeah. Uh, that is, okay. That's a bolder pick. I like it. It's a and, homer pick, but, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I agree that Jenny Simpson might be the most interesting person to watch. I was a bit more aggressive in my predictions last week, but I already had a Houston call prepared that I forgot to make last time. 
So I'll go there now. Okay. First, Emily Sisson breaks her own American record. Ooh, okay. I say she flirts with breaking 67 and I'll go 67.04 for Emily Sisson, okay. new American half marathon record. Next, Connor Mance is going under an hour. Oh. I don't think he hits Ryan Hall's record mark, but I'll say 59 high just slips under 60. Okay. Okay. All right. And Phil, the beauty of these picks is the complete lack of accountability for when they almost assuredly go wrong. But I <laughs> celebrate, I celebrate the heck out of the few that actually hit. Uh-huh. No, next yeah. episode, we aren't even going to talk about Houston. <laughs> yeah, we won't. We, when this goes wrong, we won't even mention it. As an aside, the marathon runs concurrently and the defending men's champ and Columbus running company athlete James Nagandu is back in the field. So perhaps we get to see the CRC singlet in the front pack at the marathon Houston. Traditionally, the local Houston coverage is a little bit more marathon centric than it is half marathon. They'll they'll do a good job with the the lead runners in the half. So we might not get to see all the folks that we mentioned, but I do love that over the past few years, this has become an event that has a streaming aspect available to the general public. So that's 7 a.m., Uh, on the 15th Sunday morning central time from Houston. Phil, now let's transition to our listener training question. I love this topic because it's fun to know runners who are listening are in the weeds, thinking through the nuances of training theory. And then we get the opportunity to zoom out and consider these applications with the the view from 30,000 feet above. We were asked, to paraphrase, what's the impact of back-to-back medium-long runs, say 90 minutes each, versus a two-hour run, uh, which I guess would be categorized as a long run here, I think that's fair, then a short recovery day the next day. The listener is thinking if ultramarathon folks use back-to-backs for durability, could the approach be replicated but scaled down for someone for someone training for a half marathon? And moreover, does that metabolic training benefit from a two-hour long run really help you if you're trying to run a roughly 80-minute half marathon? Ton to unpack there. Um, let me give a brief short answer first, and then Phil, if you'd like to do the same. My short answer is unlike ultra running, I don't think the durability demands of the, this event over the time length described are enough to make this back to back medium long run approach necessary. So I'll take the two hour run and recovery day option when given these two options. But this topic deserves a much longer conversation. I'll, I'll pause there, and Phil, if you want to give a brief response as well. I kind of fall on the same, same page as you, and this is really somewhat of a loosely held opinion, but that I think there is more benefit to a longer long run, so in that two-hour range, and then an easy recovery run, 
certainly for the marathon, but also for a half, partly because I think the background of that double medium long run has more of a benefit from a like mental confidence training mm. than from a overall improvement in physiology as it relates to, to race performance. Um, okay. Is I, I like the, the longer run with a recovery more so than I do the double medium long run. Okay. Let's peel back the onion. I, I described this double medium long run in this context as unnecessary, but the question then follows, if not necessary, uh, could it still be beneficial or at the least uh, not deleterious to your training. As I prepared some notes here, Phil, I've, I've gone Socratic in my response to this one because I have a lot of, <laughs> I have a lot of follow-up questions. Uh-huh. And, and I think though they can lead the listeners to their own conclusions based on their individual training circumstances rather than us acting like we know all the answers for every situation. So let's move through a a set of questions here. Some we'll just throw out, others we'll answer to a degree. Um, The first in this comparison is what are ultra runners training for? Typically runs of maybe six to 24 hours, as opposed to this, to a half marathon, which in this example is an 80 minute target time but uh, you know for most of the folks two two and a half hour half marathons that's that's what i was going to say for uh, for the listeners they might be targeting up to two hours and the six to 24 hour range has very different demands than let's just say the 90 to 120 minute range Mm -hmm. right so next question then is what aspects of that uh, quote unquote durability are being trained by ultra runners using back-to-back runs. The person asking the question realized that we're scaling down here by using medium long runs because ultra runners will often do this with longer runs on back-to-back days. But so what are the aspects of durability that are being trained by ultra runners doing this back-to-back? Neuromuscular function, as well as economy, when exceptionally fatigued and typically after extended bouts of climbing and descending. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, for most, these skills are being sharpened while running at significantly slower paces. In fact, it might not even be running. It might at times be hiking. Mm-hmm if we were going to zoom in on the durability demands, they're very different between these events. Well, and I I think it's, for an ultra marathon perspective, it's learning to essentially run well on tired legs. Mm -hmm. Have that first run, which there's aerobic benefits too, and training effects, but then also creating that fatigue that you're, forcing yourself to learn to run with the next day and essentially do the same thing again. And you're experiencing that in these races that are five, six plus hours where you're still having to run well on tired legs. Whereas you aren't really seeing that to the same degree in a 80 minute to two hour event where you're going in relatively fresh and somewhat tapered 
and, and yeah, there's the fatigue component towards the end as you're pushing, but that's a different type of fatigue than you're, you're experiencing after you've been on your feet for four hours. You're right. You're prepping your body for a totally different experience. Let's pivot away from this uh, ultra running aspect of the question and then ask, what is the intensity of the medium long run or long run in our hypothetical question. If it's done at easy paces, each elicits a very different stimulus and response than when done as, for example, a progression run. You can plug medium long into the week. A very common seven day cycle might include when training for a half marathon or marathon might include a long run. Let's just put that on Sunday, then put a medium long run on a Tuesday and a quality workout session on a Thursday or Friday, something like that. Right. And, and that's often just an easy medium long run in there. But also I really like medium long runs that uh, maybe are a little steadier, a little more up tempo, have some progression to them create their own high quality aerobic stimulus. So just another thing to keep in mind, what is the intensity of the medium long run or long run that you're completing? And then where does that distance or time you're covering fit in the context of your running volume? Mm -hmm. So uh, we mentioned our friend Frank Lara in the Houston half preview. Most of his training is publicly accessible via Strava. He's got the professional account, not that subscriber account like you, <laughs> Phil. He's, He's got the pro <laughs> flag. I, yeah, I got ways to go to get that, man. <laughs> this guy's not a plebeian. But look at his easy days. Often they are long singles of about a half marathon distance in around 90 minutes. So he backs them up back to back to back you know, very, very often, mm-hmm. two, three days in a row. Now for him, those are comfortable and low intensity effort. And that's a very different load than for a competitive recreational runner who puts in, let's say, 40, 50 miles per week. I asked this question of running volume contextualized because it logically leads to my next more significant set of questions. Those are, how much recovery do you need after a medium long run for it to be effective? How much recovery might you need after back-to-back medium-long runs for those to be effective? And what is the trade-off in this recovery for other efforts that you could stack instead of these back-to-back medium-long runs plus a bunch of recovery after? The responses on recovery are going to be individualized, Phil. Not everybody's going to need the same amounts of time, but This actually does maybe open a door into a a brief consideration of would this listener be potentially better off with like a a double session day, like a Norwegian model double session day versus back-to-back days or possibly another option, a quality day one, a a workout, you know, a a very aerobic workout, a, a lactate threshold one, threshold two at the fastest type of workout followed by a medium long run or long run that is easy. 
Yeah. Uh, might that might that be a better way to go about this if you really want to pop this back to back stimulus? Because I, I do think there's a place for it. You and I in our training and, and most of the folks we work with, we're, we're not doing that Inga Britson Norwegian style or uh, Blumenfeld and, and the triathlon group multi session per day style uh, of thres- threshold session. But we do value getting as much of that work as possible in that time in zone approach. Uh, it's just balancing it. Like in my case, I run the mileage where I probably could do it, but it's weighing the recovery costs of doing yeah. it. it, you know, considering age and other aspects of our life that we have. Well, I think like in our case, we've had a couple of weekends where we've run together and you may have done you know, two, two and a half hours for your long run the day before and, you know, join me for a, my version of a long run, but I might end up dragging you out for 90 minutes. But from your perspective, it's a pretty easy pace. Whereas where I would be at in my training, yeah, that's a, a quality long run for me. You know, my, my concern with a double long or double medium long run like that is really more the, the risk of injury versus mm-hmm. the, the benefit from a aerobic conditioning perspective. And that I think you get a noted benefit from an aerobic development perspective going out two hours in terms of improving mitochondrial density and capillary density and those sort of things that are greater than just 90 minutes. Well, but- Phil, let me, let me interject there. Phil, let me add to the benefits because the question was posed as these metabolic benefits and they're not just metabolic. And so what are the benefits uh, that the long run provides that either the medium long run doesn't or doesn't provide as well. And you mentioned capillary density, which is huge for oxygen delivery. You mentioned mitochondria production. Let's add to that list. I would also include muscle and connective tissue strength. Mm -hmm. I would add a point you brought up early in the conversation, the mental resilience Uh that comes with pushing yourself uh, closer to that, that edge of like, boy, I've really been out here for a long time and the, and the confidence that can come with executing that well. And then the last one that I'll add, and you can go if you have more, is potential benefits in form and efficiency. Mm-hmm. That one can break down if you go too far and you push it over the edge and your form breaks down, but it's just that there's economy gains over time. Right with this two hour run. And you can get those in a medium long run, all the things we talked about to some degree, but not to the degree that you get them in the sustained aerobic stress of the long run, regardless of its pace. Those benefits are heightened and amplified as the run progresses. It's almost exponential. If you're still well-fueled and your running form is holding together, it's an almost exponential benefit over the medium long run and over the normal easy day that you could get within the long run. Yep, 100%. And really where I think the risk is more in just a a tissue tolerance, tissue breakdown, specifically as it relates to like fatigue of bone and tendon. And if we look at how those tissues recover from loading, it only takes... 10 minutes or so to stimulate those tissues to adapt and get stronger. But as you go longer and longer, it fatigues. So if we're adding to 
relatively heavy loading days back to back with medium long runs, then that's a much more significant recovery cost than if we have a longer run, but then followed by a shorter recovery run the day the day after. Agreed. It may give some insight into why like the, uh, the Canova trained athletes who do their double blocks, which are more intense than the Norwegian threshold uh, doubles. Those Nor- Norwegian model threshold sessions, generally you have one that's at marathon effort broken and a second that is maybe half marathon pace or maybe more towards 10K pace, but in really small chunks, really really small reps to get there. And it really turns it into these two threshold sessions where you can accumulate time in the zone, but with a minimized fatigue is their goal. The Canova sessions loaded up much harder with heavier doses of longer bouts and perhaps faster paces. They use them very sparingly. He sprinkles those in and he's using them with very advanced athletes. This is not like ultra running where virtually everyone who's going to go out and do a 100 miler does some form of the back-to-back. Canova would not prescribe that to the average person who's going out to run a three plus hour marathon, let's say. This is for elites in his plan. And even in that plan, it might take four or five days of recovery for the best in the world to bounce back from his type of double block day. If we have the average runner, again, we're using a hypothetical of 40 miles a week, who is challenging himself or herself for an 80 minute half marathon is the example. I suspect when we scale that medium long run back to back, or in this case, 90 minutes, which uh, I, I think is a good description of a medium long run for someone who does two hours or more as a long run, but 90 minutes for a lot of people listening could be a long run. Yeah. Especially that for person, half. Yeah. So that person going back to back, they're going to need substantial recovery, I would assume. And so that's why it takes me back to my question earlier of, What's the offset with the other sessions that I could be doing? Would I get more bang for my buck in this five-day window of doing two medium long runs and then three recovery days or a medium long run, a tempo run, and then a long run? Right. Seems like option two is better. Now, Phil, when and why might we use the medium long run instead of the long run? Because there's a place for that too. Mm-hmm. If held up one-to-one, the long run likely requires more recovery time. So doing it multiple times per week might make including other forms of training like tempo runs or hill workouts impossible. So then the medium long run becomes a very valuable surrogate. Mm -hmm. And this is why you see plans where you can include both a long run and a medium long run within the same, let's say, seven-day microcycle. The elite, the high mileage folks, they might be able to get by with this more often. But when we target a more, let's say, novice or even competitive recreational runner, doubling down on long runs is, as you said, from an injury standpoint, really risky. Mm-hmm. Also, in specific training periods for a shorter endurance event like the 5K, the weekly long run might be 
unnecessary, again, in that specific block, right, as we near competition, and could be replaced by a long run, medium long run rotation. Yep. Let's say you're on a seven day cycle. Almost treating that medium long run as a workout where you're doing something like a, a fast finish or a progression run, you know, four or 5K, 10K, alternating that with just a, a standard long run on a two week cycle. Yeah, totally agree. Great example. And that assumes then that we are prioritizing other high end aerobic activities like certain track sessions. And that is as evidenced in the studies that we've been looking at extensively over the past few months on what the best in the world are doing. World-class track athletes, 3K, 5K, 10K, they're prioritizing the track sessions over the long run. It doesn't mean they're mutually exclusive. It just means where's their priority. Also, we could look in a peaking period. The medium long run can allow for maintenance without the sustained impact and fatigue of a long run, even if you are preparing for longer events like a half marathon, marathon, 50K. In that final couple of weeks, that might be a place where the medium long run becomes uh, an acceptable and perhaps even preferred alternative for a long run. Well, because with that, as you peak for those races, like with that medium long run, you're still touching those adaptations that you're getting from the long run, but you're not creating that recovery cost that you would have with a, a longer run that may take more, more days to come back from. Sure. As anecdote to wrap this up, think, think about what every, let's just say 30 minutes, 10 K runner, good collegiate 10 K runner does in a training program. I mean, two hour long run would be in virtually every one of those programs, mm -hmm. right? I just picked that as an example. We could start down with, there's plenty of milers. There's, there's 800 guys historically like a Snell. There's a miler, even in today's world, like Nick Willis, there are, those are really common. The 5,000, the 10,000 guys up to the half marathon and the marathon, they're all using it a ton. Mm -hmm. uh, there's probably a reason why it's a commonality. I am going to just quickly go through the last half marathon build that I went through. It was a June race. I'll start in March from last year and just read off the long and medium long runs that I did. And yeah. I'll, I'll keep it to distance. So starting in March, 15.7 miles, 17.6 miles, 18.1, 18.5. 18.6, 18.7, 18.8, 18.9, 18.10, 18.11, 18.12, 18.13, 18.14, 18.15, 18.16, 18.17, 18.18, 18.19, 18.20, 18.21, 18.22, 18.23, 18.24, 18.25, 18.26, 18.27, 18.28, 18.29, 18.30, 18.31, 18.32, 18.33, 18.34, 18.35, 18.36, 18.37, 18.38, 18.39, 18.40, 18.41, 18.42, 18.43, 18.44, 18.45, 18.46, 18.47, 18.48, 18.49, 18.50, 18.51, 18.52, 18.53, 18.54, 18.55, 18.56, 18.57, 18.58, 18.59, 18.60, 18.61, 18.62, 18.63, 18.64, 18.65, 18.66, 18.67, 18.68, 18.69, 18.70, 18.71, 18.72, 18.73, 18.74, 18.75, 18.76, 18.77, 18.78, 18.79, 18.80, 18.81, 18.82, 18.83, 18.84, 18.85, 18.86, 18.87, 18.88, 18.89, 18.90, 18.91, 18.92, 18.93, 18.94, 18.95, 18.96, 18.97, 18.98, 18.99, 18.10, 18.11, 18.12, 18.13, 18.14, 18.15, 18.16, 18.17, 18.18, 18.19, 18.20, 18.21, 18.22, 18.23, 18.24, 18.25, 18.26, 18.27, 18.28, 18.29, 18.30, 18.31, 18.32, 18.33, 18.34, 18.35, 18.36, 18.37, 18.38, 18.39, 18.40, 18.41, 18.42, 18.43, 18.44, 18.45, 18.46, 18.47, 18.48, 18.49, 18.50, 18.51, 18.52, 18.53, 18.54, 18.55, 18.56, 18.57, 18.58, 18.59, 18.60, 18.61, 18.62, 18.63, 18.64, 18.65, 18.66, 18.67, 18.68, 18.69, 18.70, 18.71, 18.72, 18.73, 18.74, 18.75, 18.76, 18.77, 18.78, 18.79, 18.90, 18.91, 18.92, 18.93, 18.94, 18.95, 18.96, 18.97, 18.98, 18.99, 18.10, 18.11, 18.12, 18.13, 18.14, 18.15, 18.16, 18.17, 18.18, 18.19, 18.20, 18.21, 18.22, 18.23, 18.24, 18.25, 18.26, 18.27, 18.28, 18.29, 18.30, 18.31, 18.32, 18.33, 18.34, 18.35, 18.36, 18.37, 18.38, 18.39, 18.40, 18.41, 18.42, 18.43, 18.44, 18.45, 18.46, 18.47, 18.48, 18.49, 18.50, 18.51, 18.52, 18.53, 18.54, 18.55, 18.56, 18.57, 18.58, 18.59, 18.60, 18.61, 18.62, 18.63, 18.64, 18.65, 18.66, 18.67, 18.68, 18.69, 18.70, 18.71, 18.72, 18.73, 18.74, 18.75, 18.76, 18.77, 18.78, 18.79, 18.90, 18.91, 18.92, 18.93, 18.94, 18.95, 18.96, 18.97, 18.98, 18.99, 18.10, 18.11, 18.12, 18.13, 18.14, 18.15, 18.16, 18.17, 18.18, 18.19, 18.20, 18.21, 18.22, 18.23, 18.24, 18.25, 18.26, 18.27, 18.28, 18.29, 18.30, 18.31, 18.32, 18.33, 18.34, 18.35, 18.36, 18.37, 18.38, 18.39, 18.40, 18.41, 18.42, 18.43, 18.44, 18.45, 18.46, 18.47, 18.48, 18.49, 18.50, 18.51, 18.52, 18.53, 18.54, 18.55, 18.56, 18.57, 18.58, 18.59, 18.60, 18.61, 18.62, 18.63, 18.64, 18.65, 18.66, 18.67, 18.68, 18.69, 18.70, 18.71, 18.72, 18.73, 18.74, 18.75, 18.76, 18.77, 18.78, 18.79, 18.90, 18.91, 18.92, 18.93, 18.94, 18.95, 18.96, 18.97, 18.98, 18.99, 18.10, 18.11, 18.12, 18.13, 18.14, 18.15, 18.16, 18.17, 18.18, 18.19, 18.20, 18.21, 18.22, 18.23, 18.24, 18.25, 18.26, 18.27, 18.28, 18.29, 18.30, 18.31, 18.32, 18.33, 18.34, 18.35, 18.36, 18.37, 18.38, 18.39, 18.40, 18.41, 18.42, 18.43, 18.44, 18.45, 18.46, 18.47, 18.48, 18.49, 18.50, 18.51, 18.52, 18.53, 18.54, 18.55, 18.56, 18.57, 18.58, 18.59, 18.60, 18.61, 18.62, 18.63, 18.64, 18.65, 18.66, 18.67, 18.68, 18.69, 18.70, 18.71, 18.72, 18.73, 18.74, 18.75, 18.76, 18.77, 18.78, 18.79, 18.90, 18.91, 18.92, 18.93, 18.94, 18.95, 18.96, 18.97, 18.98, 18.99, 18.10, 18.11, 18.12, 18.13, 18.14, 18.15, 18.16, 18.17, 18.18, 18.19, 18.20, 18.21, 18.22, 18.23, 18.24, 18.25, 18.26, 18.27, 18.28, 18.29, 18.30, 18.31, 18.32, 18.33, 18.34, 18.35, 18.36, 18.37, 18.38, 18.39, 18.40, 18.41, 18.42, 18.43, 18.44, 18.45, 18.46, 18.47, 18.48, 18.49, 18.50, 18.51, 18.52, 18.53, 18.54, 18.55, 18.56, 18.57, 18.58, 18.59, 18.60, 18.61, 18.62, 18.63, 18.64, 18.65, 18.66, 18.67, 18.68, 18.69, 18.70, 18.71, 18.72, 18.73, 18.74, 18.75, 18.76, 18.77, 18.78, 18.79, 18.90, 18.91, 18.92, 18.93, 18.94, 18.95, 18.96, 18.97, 18.98, 18.99, 18.10, 18.11, 18.12, 18.13, 18.14, 18.15, 18.16, 18.17, 18.18, 18.19, 18.20, 18.21, 18.22, 18.23, 18.24, 18.25, 18.26, 18.27, 18.28, 18.29, 18.30, 18.31, 18.32, 18.33, 18.34, 18.35, 18.36, 18.37, 18.38, 18.39, 18.40, 18.41, 18.42, 18.43, 18.44, 18.45, 18.46, 18.47, 18.48, 18.49, 18.50, 18.51, 18.52, 18.53, 18.54, 18.55, 18.56, 18.57, 18.58, 18.59, 18.60, 18.61, 
and gain more from that long run and recovery day versus medium long run, medium long run back to back. But it doesn't mean you should only be doing one or the other. We can find places for long runs and medium long runs, both to yield a successful half marathon attempt. Hopefully that helps our listener and many more of you reach, uh, let's say, an 80-minute goal in a half marathon this spring. It's understanding why you're doing and what you're doing it for. That's right. What are you doing? When are you doing it? Why are you doing it? We have to understand that context. All right, that's all for this episode. We will see you next time on mile 140 of the Seconds Flat Running podcast presented by Columbus Running Company and columbusrunning.com. We look forward to it. Phil, have a great week. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. See you soon, Travis.